But hey guys, I hope you guys are doing well. I want to welcome you to this episode of Renewed Focus. My name is Colton White. And as always, I'm here with Matthew. What's up? Hey Matthew, hope you're doing well. Always. Um, <laughs> today we have kind of a special episode, um, a unique episode for Renewed Focus. It's our one year anniversary. Yeah, man, I'm so excited. This is one full year. It's been a crazy ride. Yes, and I've got to serve it with you and your crazy self. Um, but no, it's been really good. And this week, we're doing several things to kind of celebrate um, the last year and what God has done. And so we've invited several people to be here with us today. Got a full house. Yes, we are trying to socially distance as best we can. Um, we're being wise about it. it. Um, but I have several people here with me. One and the most important person in the room and the most beautiful is my wife, Katie. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. <laughs> but we've also got some other very important people in my life. We've got Holly and Tristan Kreider here. So. Hey, Colton. Thanks for having us in today. Hello. That was Holly. Um, so, And then we've got John and Karen Francis. Oh. Hey, peeps. <laughs> and I then like and we've got Matthew. So we've got a, a good group of people. Um, all these people have played unique roles in the life of renewal over the past year. They're not the only ones. There are many people we'd have, we could have called on today and several people we thought of, um, but we were trying to get just a mix of different people in here today, and so we've invited them. And so, guys, thank you so much uh, for being here. So what's going to happen is I'm going to ask them, kind of like a panel style, several questions just about what God has done over the last year, and we just want to celebrate and tell stories um, about who God is and what we've learned in the past year about church planning, about planning in Bell County, um, about each other. <laughs> There's lots of inside jokes, so be nice to me, people. Be nice. Um, but we'll ask uh, several questions. And so I actually want to start with Karen. So, Karen, I'm so glad you're here. Okay. <laughs> Karen, um, I was just thinking about the things that God has done this past year, and so I specifically wanted to start with you, and other people will talk as well, but what has God taught you through being a part of Renewal Church, a church plant specifically, this past year? Yes, this past year has been awesomely, wonderfully uncomfortable. So what God has taught me is it's really okay to be uncomfortable. It yeah. really is okay to be stretched out of your comfort zone, like how many people can fit in your house and how much cooking can you really do and what time do you need to <laughs> go to bed so you can get up. All those uncomfortable things become normal and um, become something that just glorifies God. It's just been uh, really, really good. Yeah, I've been so thankful for you and John and your hospitality that we've seen over this past year. Um, and we've had many conversations about being uncomfortable and being stretched. And so um, you kind of enter into church planning thinking, okay, this is just this is going to be, you can be tempted to think this is going to not be that hard. It's a small group of people. But then you get into it and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is a lot different than I thought it'd be. So, Now, I like your point, Karen, on being uncomfortable because I'm making my goal to be everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> so I believe it. I believe as, it. as much as possible, I, it's kind of like my agenda is how can I keep everyone as uncomfortable as possible? <laughs> but our very first gathering ever as a launch team was in your home. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. That's right. And that was that was an Prayed over an awesome event and just super special. I'll never forget it. Super special. Yeah, I, I think uh, something that the Lord has really taught me through being a part of a church plant, really similar. I think, you know, if 
it's really out of your comfort zone where the magic happens. And I think something that the Lord has really shown me is that the more you really go all in, if you will, the more you give, the more you will receive. Um, that the more depth you will open your heart up to in relationships, the more depth you will receive in the person and uh, in, in the love and the grace and the exhortation and the challenge um, and, and the relationships that you build. And man, the more um, time <laughs> that you sacrifice, but make it a priority, then, then the more life-giving, um, the, the more life-giving um, sp- Holy Spirit that you receive in your life and, and through relationships, through, through the way we spend our time, um, also just in your faith as well, the more we give over to God instead of just giving over a Sunday. But man, I'm going to give over my whole life. I'm going to give over my mornings. I'm going to give over my, my finances. I'm going to give over my um, the things, a part of my heart I've always wanted to hide from people. If you give, mm-hmm. the more you give over to the Lord, then the more he has room to work. That's the idea of outside of that comfort zone. The more he can stretch you, the more he can now reach in to the more that he can now grow you. Um, and that's definitely a huge thing. I think I've, I've learned being a part of this church plant. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the Bible as a whole and the people that God worked through from Moses to David, um, name one of them that was comfortable, right? I mean, they were all uncomfortable in what God was asking them to do. I think the Pharisees were comfortable. Well, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's my point, is that is that those that were uncomfortable but trusted God, Amen. that's the stories we read about. Um, is that whenever we're willing to get out of our comfort zone and allow God to do the work and get the glory for the work, that's when we really begin to see him work. Well, if Jesus' mission ended at his comfort zone, we would have no cross. And and as we just celebrated last week with the resurrection, like our whole lives would be completely and utterly pointless um, and, and void um, with without the cross. And yeah. so, man, yeah, it's been it's been good to look a little bit more like Jesus in that because of what the church plan has called us to do and be. Yeah, exactly. Um, Holly, I want to ask you a question. I'm ready. Okay. Nice. Um, So we had many conversations with you guys before you guys joined Renewal. And I know you had many conversations with Matthew as you were thinking about joining Renewal Church. And so um, I just wanted to ask, when you entered into Renewal Church, did it look different than you expected it to look? Or was it more or less the same? Yeah, so it was vastly different than the um, church plant we had attended before. Um, And just in regard, well, several reasons why, but one in particular was um, the vision that was laid out for renewal, I feel like was more well-rounded. Um, we had Pastor Matthew and we had Pastor Andy and we had Colton um, just to to really bring different aspects of what the church was going to look like. And then we had Bonnie who was stepping in to speak for our kids and um, they... Uh, really all of y'all opened up the floor for us to come in and say, okay, this is what, what we want to happen. How do you feel about that? And what would you like to see? And so you really gave us a voice in that as well. And so I think that um, on that standpoint, just from the front lines, there there was so many voices involved that just helped it to be more well-rounded. Um, I also feel like there was this huge community. Like we talked about meeting in Karen's house for the first time, and we got to see everybody who was going to be committed to this this journey and this um, this church. And it was so many people, and it was so gratifying to see that we weren't going to be the only ones, and it wasn't going to be this small group of people um, joining this 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 uh church but it was going to be a huge group of us um committing to 
uh, just meet these daily challenges and to pray. We spent so much time praying. That's another thing. Like we just prayed and prayed and prayed over our church. And so uh, that was a lot different as well. Yeah, I would say, too, that um, in those days, uh, I mean, I remember that meeting at Karen's and uh, John's house, and it was really just a time that I'll never forget the energy there, um, but also I think the element of unknown, where you're trying to imagine what God might have planned for the church, but you really can't imagine that. And mm-hmm. so seeing how God has unfolded those unknowns through um, the last year has just been really neat and to see how he's answered those prayers. So do you remember the first day that the two trailers pulled up <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we started oh, to yeah. learn how to <laughs> unload two 24 foot jam packed trailers and set up? I remember thinking, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> <laughs> His idea was this. <laughs> and I remember being uncomfortable <laughs> I mean, but I'll never forget that. I'll never forget, Holly, when when you came and told me that you wanted to completely reconfigure the whole lobby. And you're like, we need more panels and we need more signage. And I thought, oh, this rocks. Like, she's owning it. And so I was just so excited on just seeing you take ownership over the ministry. Oh, thank you. I Once we finally got it all out there and you can see what we have and what we have to work with and... uh and really the vision starts coming together when things start going up and putting into place. And you can really tell like, this is not what I was expecting. And I would want this here and I want that there. And it just kind of, it was super simple decision to make. And I'm glad that you accepted that gracefully. <laughs> no, it was awesome. I love it. All right, cool. Um, so Matthew, I want to ask you specifically, um, what have been some challenges that you've seen God kind of work through um, over the past year? Oh, man. So this podcast shouldn't be hours long. Um, So I'll be somewhat brief on that. Some challenges. I mean, from one one challenge that we saw early on was that we had quite a few children. And we saw that we didn't have enough people that could even teach and take care of the, the, the little ones. And it was just a huge need. And... I remember praying and talking to Bonnie, who oversees Renewal Kids, and, and then had a members meeting where I love Holly mentioning that, that you have a voice, because indeed the church has a voice. And, and I was just sharing, hey, brothers, sisters, this is an area of need. Like, we're in danger zone if we don't have people that can watch these children. And then just laying out that night a plan to have all the members, everyone, if you're part of the family, then you're going to help love the family these children which was terrifying for me <laughs> well yeah because you don't have kids yet uh, all you have is springer colton. he's a dog was that Karen? uncomfortable colton yeah he springer's worse than most kids oh so. man so and and i remember that night um mentioning this and seeing man after man after man say something along the lines of this is terrifying i don't even want to do this but i'm excited and i need yeah. to and i want to and so we've seen in that area, um, we've seen it with finances God's been providing for us. We've seen it with volunteers, with setup, with trailers. The list goes on. I mean, God has been so good to us. Yeah. I think one of the things for me, as I think about um, this past year, is, you know, one of the things I was worried about with the church plant is that we would be a church plant that mem- people from other churches would just 
come to. And we and not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but we want to reach new people. We right. want to reach people who don't know Jesus Amen. and and be on mission in um, in the world and in our county. And what was so joyful for me um, was seeing a lot of people who had either been out of church for a long time or had been hurt by the church. We've got so many people who have come and have just they've been renewed. Their energy is back. They're worshiping. Um, they're seeing the gospel new and fresh um, in a way they've never seen it again. But that also created a lot of new challenges, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and so that was, it's challenging to come alongside of a lot of people who have a lot of hurt, but it's, it's been worth it. Um, and it's given me a lot of joy uh, to shepherd those people and to come alongside them. So, You know, um, having, with Holly and I, having been at a a couple of other church plants. Um, I had, I had a friend a discussion with a friend one time who basically said, you know, just cause you're a church plant doesn't mean you're a successful church plant. <laughs> True. And, and so really thinking about the expectations coming into the church plant, uh, for me, you know, I had past experience in a church plant. Um, but I also, I, you know, like Holly was speaking to earlier, I really enjoyed Matthew's vision and the framework that he was laying out for how he desired for the church to be, a relationally focused rather than a program driven church. And so I think that uh, by by having that aim, it allows for the congregation to be able to step in to fulfill needs and to serve the Lord in the capacity that God lays on their heart. And 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 by doing that, I think that God is is glorified in a greater way. Yeah. And so um, I think that was an expectation that I had because of Matthew's vision, but also I think that one of the challenges for me was that because of that, because there's not programs, there's no hiding um, that you can't, you cannot hide behind the curtain. You know, once you set it up, there's, you have to step out. And so, you know, when uh, I think it was Matthew, you were saying that, you know, a lot of the men would say that they were, they were very fearful of taking a role in um, teaching, teaching our children and raising them. And, and I think that kind of responsibility has a huge weight on us, but at the same time, what a wonderful thing to be able to step up, uh, step into that and, and just say to the Lord, God, we're going to commit our heart to you and to see him be able to fill that, that void in our church. Um, and so that's been kind of one of the challenges that it, it has been very uncomfortable at times, but at the same time, it gives God that much more room to be able to work in a body. Yeah, absolutely. So. I just want to dovetail into something you said that kind of steps back to the uh, how did it look different than you expected it? And, and I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have line items. Well, this is what it's supposed to look like. Cause this is my first church plan. I've always just been more of a conventional, uh, gone somewhere that existed. And, but what I have discovered that for the unknown and the not necessarily fears, but just not, not knowing, which I guess is on the edge of fear. When you, when you see people, that are passionate and honest about their walk. It's it's just so inspiring and easy to attach yourself to that. Mm. It makes you want to, when you find out that you have things that you believe in together, and you spoke to what we you know what we do with our kids, and and how we want this legacy of faith to to be ongoing. And when you see people like Matthew and Colton Pugh and others that that uh, these, these, these folks have a, a true passion, and that's really all that matters. The details will just be filled in along the way mm-hmm. as needed. Yeah, that's good. 
I mean, early on, Colton, uh, the challenge was that we didn't have very many families with teenagers. And we've seen God provide in that area, too, where he's brought us families. And so now we have a thriving young family ministry. And so I'm thankful for a church that is focused, on, as Tristan said, on being relational and on, on really being a faith family and, and together in home groups and together in serving. And so it's been a beautiful thing to see God overcome. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've seen so many needs come up. Yeah. Whether it's financial, kids, youth, with teenagers, set up uh, trailers. Set up trailer. There have been days <laughs> when we have shown up to set up, and it looks like there's like five people there, right? And then all of a sudden, people start trickling in, right? And we're now they were late. <laughs> well, I know, but no my comment. point is, there have been mornings where I've showed up and gone, I don't know if we're gonna have a service today. <laughs> Like like a like yeah. a normal service and um, but God just made it happen yeah. um, through whatever someone showed up that wasn't scheduled to show up or nope. um, two people were signed up but twelve people are there you know and so we've just seen God over and over prove His faithfulness to us um, and that's something we, we that's our anchor is that we know that God is faithful to His promises. It's not your vision; it's the vision that God has. It's God. It's, it's everything that you tell us is. From Scripture, everything in our little vision notebook is from the Bible, and so this is—it's not little; it's big. <laughs> but but it's it's God's it's God's vision, Amen. Um, and and He's proved over and over um, that He's faithful to it. So Matthew, I just want to ask you again, just kind of talking about this vision that you've had. Um, he gave you this vision for Renewal Church when you were still in the Middle East, when you were in the UAE, yeah. when Andy came to you. And, and so th- we were a thought before you were even in America. <laughs> and so um, he gave you this ago. vision mm-hmm. uh, years ago. Um, yeah. So at the end of year one, as you kind of look back, what have you learned about yourself as a pastor? Um, and then more so, what have you learned about church planning? So I think, you know, I've been pondering that, and it's definitely a challenging question. Um, so I would try to be transparent, whether it's individually or from the pulpit. I, I don't ever want to be pretentious. I just want to be the same in private as well as in front of God's people. Um, you know, as, a, as the thing about the gospel, it, it creates in us a, a sense of being humble. And so it creates humility because, because the gospel reminds us that we are sinners and that we actually deserve help. And that Jesus has paid the price and has mm. given us life and forgiveness and a future hope with him forever in heaven. And, and so it creates this incredible humility. And so to be a proud believer is someone that does not understand the gospel. So it, it creates humility, but it also creates confidence where we know that God has loved us and chosen us and empowered us through his spirit and he calls us. And so... The gospel is something that seems so impossible, which is to be a strong, confident leader and yet gentle and humble without um, being domineering or without being a totalitarian leader, but able to listen to people and see where they're coming from and yet still lead with a clear vision. And so these last few years have been really helpful in just seeing what it looks like to plant a church where you have a very clear, unapologetic vision on this is who we are, and we're not going to back down, we're not going to change, we're, we're not going to um, worry that we need to now change midstream because something isn't going right. No, we are going to stay the course 
and you do it with gentleness and love people. And so I've really learned over this experience to be confident and yet do so in a way that is still kind. And you don't have to micromanage people, but listen to them. So, so that's been for me just growing and able to learn this balance on humble and yet also confident. Um, in regards to planting, oh my goodness, that's such a long answer. I'll keep it as brief as I can. <laughs> There's lots of models. You know, the has mentioned that they've been to two different church plants before renewal. So there's different ways to plant churches. But one thing that I've seen is, and I was convinced of this, and I've seen it play out, is that when you have a strong sending church, it's so common to have uh, church plants. Even here in Bell County, there are several church plants, but none of them have the kind of sending church that renewal yeah. has. None have a First Baptist Belton that has committed to prayer and committed to this friendship and committed financially. I mean, if you just think about this, we had a church plant commitment Sunday, September 30th, 2018. And on that one day, we raised enough funds to buy two trailers full of all the equipment that we would need to set up in one day. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, that's that's a powerful sending church that has a vision to multiply. And so what I've learned about church planting is that you have to have a strong foundation. And when you have amazing people like around this table that you can share your life with and say, this is the direction that we're headed. And then the spirit confirms that that's the direction that they're called to go to. It's beautiful. It's powerful. And so I've learned the importance of having a strong sending church. And so Renewal wants to be a multiplying church. And so we need to be a strong church so that we can be that strong sending church and keep others uncomfortable. Right, Karen? That's right. That's right. Share the the joy there. Absolutely. And so, look, there's a lot to be said, but I've learned that God is faithful. And I knew that before, but seeing it time and again that he is faithful. So if you would just trust him and look at the word and not look at how we've always done it before, but what does the Bible say a church should be? And now let's have something real where we share our lives and our mission together. And I'm not surprised that God has blessed his church because he's been in it. His hand has been upon us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's been a joy to serve um, alongside of you. And so, uh, I've, I'm just thankful that God gave you that vision. And this week or this year, you've challenged me um, and others on our ministry leadership team uh, in many different ways. One of those leaders is Katie. Um, so, Katie, you were tasked with, uh, I don't know, listening to God and pursuing God and helping Matthew create a vision for our worship team. Um and then Tristan's here as well, and Tristan was a part of that process. But I want you to talk specifically on what was that process like, um, and what has God taught you through being our worship director? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, I mean, first of all, I may have been given the task, but I definitely did not do it alone. Um, the Lord just gathered so many amazing 
servants and, and followers of Christ and disciples um, around us uh, to see the launch of this worship team. And Matthew um, was so, so instrumental in helping us dig into the word together and figure out what does it mean to be a worshiping people. And man, all the nights that I would come to you, Colton, and just say, this is what I'm thinking and this is what I'm feeling. And this was heavy on my heart and to have you um, confirm and to direct and, and, and having people in the very beginning of our church, like people like that I'm sitting across the table with, like Tristan, who just challenged me to think about how are we united together as in one spirit, people like like Kathy, who just uh, challenged me to consider how are we connecting with God and how are we letting our emotions um, connect with him in a way that's true. And man, thinking about Matt and, and Bobby and the people who just really spoke confidence in life um, into my life. That, that's the first thing I think about is it, it, it definitely was, was a team effort. And really the process is ongoing. Um, it, it's not a process that even completed every single day. I'm asking myself, Lord, how do we lead the gathered church to, to cherish your presence, to, to savor your truth? And just thinking about in the season of COVID, what does that even look like? And, and, and how just Sorry, just tearing up. There is no crying in podcasts. <laughs> um, but so the, the process is definitely ongoing. But but it was, it was um, you know, at the beginning as we were kind of launching out as a church, I, as I was reflecting on it, I was thinking, you know, the process was like both like grueling, but also simple. <laughs> like it was both very, very intentional, but also so natural because we were created for this. We were literally created to worship God. It's natural. It, it came so natural, but also so intentional because we do live in a fallen world and we do have competing influences and, and things in our lives that, that pull us away from God. So, so that process really was just digging into the word. It was standing firm uh, on truth. It was really thinking about how can we um, establish a culture where we are, are just gathering as, as people who are redeemed by the grace of God um, and want to see other people experience that transformation, that freedom um, was, was really what it, what it was all about. Um, I feel like the Lord has taught me a lot being the worship director, um, just about um, grace, uh, the, the grace that our church um, has had and the grace that my, my team members have had um, and, and, and just getting dirty in the word together and, and figuring out what it looks like has been so beautiful. And um, also, I feel like he's taught me a lot about um, just how much he treasures me as his daughter, no matter what I do or how much I serve him. Like he just treasures me as his daughter. It has been a challenge. You know, I, I did not expect this journey to bring out so many inadequacy, inadequacies in myself or, or walk me through so many challenging things through my personal identity. And, um, but it has been really life-giving it has been really refining. So I really just thank the Lord, just thank him so much, um, for, for giving me this opportunity and just really excited to gather once again, hopefully together in person soon, <laughs> um, to get to, to worship together. There's one thing I want to correct you on. You said there's no crying in podcasts. There can be crying in podcasts. There just can't be crying in baseball. <laughs> oh, that's so old. <laughs> but I'm crying because there is no baseball. So, uh, Tristan, did you have some thoughts for the follow up on Yeah, I think as um, Matthew and Katie, in, in our early days of just discussing the vision for the worship team and what it would look like, I, I really. Um, I really appreciated that when when we started to read through the document uh, that that she had laid out that it, it didn't actually mention music much at all, <laughs> and I think by um, design, yes. It, so you know, I've I've had friends and I, I've seen people who were great musicians, 
but struggled to walk in their faith. And so I think one of the, the focuses that I really appreciated about the vision for the worship team was that um, Matt and, and Katie really desired for us to be growing as individuals and growing in our walk with Christ. And there was a, a, a big emphasis on that. And so that's something we we try to walk out uh, each week and every, every, you know, there's not, it's not just come and practice this and, and play on Sunday. It's, yeah. It's more about how you are walking with the Lord. And uh, so, you know, the, uh, some of the things that we discussed were commitment to discipleship and commitment and involvement to a home group. And I think without those things, um, you're not really going to be able to grow as an individual. And so as a part from, you know, different different from being on a just a worship team, um, you need to be an integral part of the body of Christ. Um, not just on a, on a team that's isolated. And so I really appreciated that. And also I think um, just one of the things that I I think I've seen over the years or or, sorry, seen the past year is that as, um, as we worship, I've felt like oftentimes in just our rehearsals that they've been very worshipful and we've just seen uh, God glorified in our worship um, just right in our rehearsal times in the um, middle of it, my living room. By yeah, <laughs> and and I remember one time I think it was one of our early meetings. Uh, we had talked about a passage um, from Second Chronicles twenty about how uh, the enemies had come against uh, Israel, the Israelites, and King Jehoshaphat, and and you know they were devastated about what being routed by all the uh, Moabites and all the other ites, and and <laughs> and he sent. He sent them forward and singing. And so to, to see that what happened in that story was that God, God routed their enemies right before them. They did nothing but worship. And uh, I, think, I think that God has done that for us this year. And it's been a wonderful thing to see how he has been faithful. Yeah, for sure. Um, Holly, you are not on the worship team. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's me. Yeah, you, me too. Do you remember that one Sunday we left your mic on? I do remember that. That's like my Dude. worst nightmare. I remember because my daughter went to tell you it was hard. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, I've had actual nightmares about that. It happened. It happened. It was but funny. it's so fun, though, to meet with Katie. We meet once a month and and pray together and, and pick songs and craft a service around the, that theme and so it's just, our heart has been just to experience God's presence together yeah. and then crave him throughout the week. And so I'm thankful for, for Katie's leadership. Yeah, for sure. So, but Holly, you may not be on the worship team, but you are overseeing our hospitality team. And we've been so thankful for you. Um, and so I just wanted to ask you, since you've been over hospitality the majority of Renewal Church's life, Chance, who was a part of our original launch team, and we're thankful for him and his wife, they moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then you graciously stepped in. And so I just wanted to ask you, um, why does it, like, as you think about the hospitality team, why is it important that Renewal Church have a vision for hospitality? And how has God, how has God given you that team in, as a gift? Like, how has it been a gift to you in your time as the, Renewal, uh, as the hospitality team leader? Well, I think that uh, it's important for anything to have a vision because vision gives us a sense of purpose and a sense of direction. And so um, without that, we're kind of scrambling around and we're lost. And so the vision that we've kind of cast for our hospitality team is um, not so much as a what it looks like, but more of what it feels like. 
Um, hospitality is a warm, inviting environment where you can just come in and you can be yourself. You're free to just um, carry your burdens and lay them before the cross and just um, not have to pretend or have a risk of being judged. And so that's really the atmosphere that we're trying to uh, provide in a sincere um, and meaningful way. And so it's not about just what it looks like or where a person is stationed or what we're handing out, but it's about uh, people who actually care for one another. Um, So our hospitality team um, has this wonderful goal of inviting people in to just let their guard down, to be holy themselves and um, not fear, not fear of, of walking into an unknown place alone and not fear of walking into something that they're uncertain about, but just knowing that this is a place where God dwells, that I can commune with him and I don't have to be afraid. Amen. I can't tell you um, how many people that when Matthew or I meet with them for their membership interview every week who say, you know, we just talk to them about their story and, you know, why they want to be a part of a new church. And they say, um, everyone said hi to me. Like, like with intentionality, people ask them questions and that made the difference for them, that they felt like they belonged. And that's because of your leadership and what God is doing through you and your team. Um, is that no one goes unseen um, at Renewal Church, and that's the goal. And so I, I think um, the hospitality team has an amazing job at just casting the vision for we are an open environment. There's no back row Baptists here, oh. right? <laughs> like you can't, you're not going to get away with that. Um, like we're going to say hi to you and, and ask that extra question. Um, and so, yeah, I think you've done a great, great job with that. I mean, the very word hospitable means welcoming strangers, and that's what, what you do, is you're taking strangers and saying, come be welcome and be part of the family. Come experience God with us. I mean, this is beautiful. I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. I just want to chime in um, that more than just on Sunday morning, our, our, one of our visions is that all of our members would learn to be hospitable. Yes. That because you can open your home or you can invite somebody for coffee and just that little invitation of hospitality um invite somebody into your life and it's and it's real it's like holly said that um people feel truly welcome it's not artificial but but one of our visions is that all of us would become hospitable people yeah, absolutely. And and Karen, you actually and John, you and John lead a home group, and so that's one of the ways that you we kind do. of uh, share in hospitality as you host, uh, you host your home group. And so I just want to ask both of you um, because you, I remember at the very beginning of this, you jumped in head first and you had a million questions, and I said it with the most grace as possible. <laughs> um, Thank you for that. <laughs> but you had a lot of questions, and then but once your questions were answered, you went all in, and you and John both. And so I just want to ask um, you guys, why is it important, as we just really think ahead to the future of Renewal Church, knowing what we know now from the past year, why is it important that people get involved in a home group? Like, what, what is, how does that fit into our vision? Part of our initial attraction to hold this, the whole situation and be a part of this was 
some of our fondest, best, deepest memories are of home groups in our in our past, and it was just called a life group, but it was the most vivid spiritual experience that that we or our kids had because it was a an opportunity for us to show a true uh, personal commitment on a utility basis that that uh, we we did what a Christian community should do. We looked after widows. We did things for folks that didn't have things that needed things, and it was such a just it was a it was a color picture of what it was supposed to look like, and we both knew that this could be an opportunity for the the that and I hate I don't I don't want to use the word perfection, but a more ideal, yeah. non unconventional, because it going and sitting down and looking at the back of somebody's head is not <laughs> what being a part of the Lord's family is about. Uh, it's sitting across the table from them. It's dragging brush with them. It's, it's fixing a porch. It's doing what, a you know, fence. making a fence. <laughs> Good fit. Never mind. Uh, but, but, but it just, we had such an incredible experience when our, our kids were young and at, at three different ages and how much, they enjoyed buying into it, and it was inspirational to us as parents to get to do that. Yeah. And we saw the opportunity to replicate that and what an authentic, you know, and I just asked for all three of our kids to love God and keep his commandments. Wherever that takes you, and it's taken them on three separate delightful paths, and, but they all are true to the, the kingdom. And so it just looked like an opportunity for us to to add some ingredients to that and re- repeat it with a little different flavor. Cool, like it. We, um, <clears throat> I think the what we enjoy the most and about home group, I don't know. There's so much we enjoy, but um, is gathering around the word. It's not just a social you know, get together, it's gathering around the word. And there's, um, when we do that, there's a mutual acknowledgement that we are not the sole authority over our lives. And I don't know about anybody else, but to be with people in, in a home where we all acknowledge that, that God is the authority, that the word is the authority, um, and we can lay down things in our lives and we can talk to each other in a real sense of this is this is what I want to lay down. And um, if you're missing out on a home group, that's what you're missing out on. Yeah, sure. And and it's um, it's me listening to you share from God's word and all of us sharing from God's word and acknowledging his authority in our lives and so that when I examine as I go the rest of the week and look at my thoughts and my circumstances and my decisions my home group people have encouraged me to be brave enough to accept God's grace to accept to submit to his authority and and that's where the change is that's that's where the change in lives is and so man that's that's the power of home group for us yeah. well, 
Yeah, and I, I just want to say too, it's home group is sharing life together. Yeah, I mean that's what it is around God's word, like you said, um, but just sharing those burdens with one another, and it's been a joy. I know all of us at this table lead uh, home group in some capacity, and so I know it's been a joy. Um, well, I want to ask one final question, and I'm going to start with Katie, but if there's, um, I want to invite others if you want to join in and have a thought as well. But as we look back to this past year, with all that we know all that we've learned, all that God has taught us, and then we think about the future of Renewal Church. I just want to ask you guys, um, starting with Katie, when you pray for this next year, what are you praying for? Um, I, I pray for Hebrews 12, 1, that talks about that we would just lay aside every weight and sin, sin that so easily entangles us and run with endurance the race that is set before us as we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. You know, I pray for the quarantine to end. <laughs> I'm yeah. just You're saying. Not alone. My yeah. my heart just aches. I love and just miss the faith family, and not being able to sing in the same room together, not being able to shake hands and hug and laugh and cry together. And oh my gosh, like I miss it. And so I do pray, and I know that God's sustaining us through it. And yet I pray for it to end. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we had no idea what was going to happen this next year before COVID. And now we really have no idea. It's literally into the unknown. And, And even like with our venue, I mean, the school district may not let us back in who knows when. So there is so much uncertainty. Now we own two trailers, so we could set up anywhere else, but we don't know where that else will be. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I certainly pray for a meeting venue. I, I pray for just, God's help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, one of my prayers for our church is that we would continue to be sensitive to the spirit as he leads us because, um, how we are functioning as a church may not look like what we think it should have looked like a year ago. Um, you know, and you think about the disciples, I don't think they knew what was coming even after Jesus resurrected, there was so many unknowns for them. So here, here we are in a season, um, of unknowns and that looks different. And um, I just pray that we would leave room for God to do magnificent things. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I'm proud of myself because I avoided the temptation to sing into the unknown. <laughs> Don't Colton, we are sing proud of you too. Oh, Keep it up. I'm going to sing. Are you ready? Are you ready? No, I'm ready. Let's we're go. Not. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Hoorah. Into the unknown. Oh, man. So as, That's a as we wrap up this awesome podcast, um, and it really has been a joy. Um, you know, when I think about the name Renewal, I mean, three years ago, God gave me this name, and I had no idea how he was going to first begin renewal in my life and in the life of the launch team and of new members, and that we can then spread that to Bill County and to the world. And so when, when you ask uh, what we pray for, man, I feel like God brought me renewal. Like, I didn't plant renewal. God did this. And I'm just along for the ride. I pray for more, more of his renewal, more of his transformation, more people that we can welcome, more people that can experience his presence together, more home groups, more, just more church plants, just more. And 
And to him who they will do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power of work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, Matthew. All right. Thank you guys for listening today. Um, I hope that you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week.